Hello, welcome and kumusta. My name is Hao and I am your occupational therapist and welcome to my podcast entitled OT Conversations. This is a podcast about occupational therapy and any other topics relating to the field, be it medical foundations or philosophical foundations, some of my personal and professional opinions and point of view. I am hoping that through this podcast, I'll be able to help out occupational therapy students and clinicians to navigate their way through their clinical practice involving occupational therapy. In this episode, I'd like to talk to you about discharge planning. So, I have always come across with this statement and a lot of clinicians would be saying this phrase or statement. They would say, I did not go through university to do uh, discharge planning. Or, I did not study this length amount of time just to do discharge planning. And this is a person who's actually, these are clinicians who are, I would listen to and I would hear them. And these are mostly clinicians who are working in the hospital. And they don't want to do discharge planning. And every time I hear this, for the sake of peace and for the sake of not engaging engagement or for the sake of avoiding arguments or discussions or prolonged discussions and some unwanted conversations or untimely conversations, I I just stay quiet about it. Guys, what I'd like you to remember... When you are working in a hospital, a good part of the role of occupational therapy is facilitating the flow and facilitating discharge. So it's not really the discharge planning that you're doing. As I said, I must have said this in some of my previous podcasts, what you're doing is you're ensuring that the person is safe when they are about to be discharged home, meaning they should be supported and they should be functionally enabled, safe. So that is something that you need to ensure, particularly if you're working with a patient. Because all the safety issues at home, a person's ability to engage at home, some of the safety concerns at home, their ability to do their day-to-day at home, whether they need support or not, whether they are independent or not, whether they have social support or not, whether they have family support or not. These are all occupational concerns falling on the category of engagement, direct engagement of the patient, to their day-to-day things, falling on the category of context and contextual support. Because if they cannot do their day-to-day things, the only way around it is to have some form of support. And if you're there to ensure that the support is in place, 
meaning ensuring that you have managed the context, then that is something that is a positive outcome. And it is a concern of occupational therapy. So I think it will help if we stop thinking about it as discharge planning. Yes, they get discharged from the hospital. But that's everything. Everybody in the hospital needed to get out of the hospital. It is part of the deal. It's just discharge planning. But people have got different concerns. Do you hear a doctor complaining that they don't want to do discharge planning? Yes, of course. They don't do the discharge planning. Because what their concerns are is the patient's medical status, right? And all they say is like, I'm happy about the medical status. The doctors have looked into the medical status and they have ensured that the reason for being in the hospital is good. Now, the doctors would say, well, what about the social status? Yep, that's beyond my concern. I am a doctor and I do not need to worry about the social concerns. Whose concern is that then? Is it going to be a nursing concern? The nurse would say, well, I've looked after the patient while they are here. I've made sure they're fed, they're washed, and they've taken their medication, and I've helped the doctors implement the medical treatment, and they're ready to be discharged. There are concerns in the community. Whose concern is that? The nurse would ask, is that going to be my concern? It's not my concern. That's what the nurse would say. And then the physio would say, well... I have ensured and I've made sure that this person is safe walking and they can manage the stairs and physically they're good enough to go. So from that point, this person can go home based on, you know, my, 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 my field as physiotherapist. But there are some concerns about that in the community. They don't have anybody doing the shopping. Does the physio need to be involved on that one? It's not their concern because they're physiotherapist. Yeah? So who's going to do the shopping? Whose concern is shopping? Social worker. Would you want the social worker to come in and assess first? Would we want a lot of social workers coming in to assess? And that's why we're there for as occupational therapists. We are there to assess what is wrong. We are there to identify the issues. And we are there to find the solutions with the patients. And if the patients are saying, and you as an occupational therapist, if you have, uh, if you have uh, explored all the avenues, you let the patient decide for themselves. Yeah. So... They're, they cannot do the shopping. And you ask the patient, what are you going to do about it? Because you don't offer the solution. Yeah, You don't just prescribe straight away. You let the person make that choice. You let the person make that decision. And if the person say, well, I've got my daughter doing that. Okay, well, that's fine. Okay. So you let the family do it. That's okay. And then you would come across with follow-up calls from the family stating, well, I can't do it because I live far away. That's what family would say. That's the typical things that they would say. 
And then the nurse would come to you and say, well, they said they can't do it. What are we going to do about it? Yeah? Is it an occupational therapist's concern? Can you can we justify it to be our concern? Yeah. Well, at the moment you can argue that the family is part of the social context of the client and we have to factor that. We have to put that into consideration. So we're saying that this patient and their family they're not uh they're not safe enough and they cannot fulfill that and therefore we need to do something. We've identified that there is a need. Obviously, we're not going to uh, to produce people that will do the shopping and this is where we would work hand in hand with the social services. Now, the social services will have to identify what services is out there in the community that can do this on behalf of the patient. You see, it starts with identifying the problem and it's done through assessment and it is the occupational therapist that is uh, doing it or that should be doing it. So that is discharge planning. All right? So you've identified all of these things in discharge planning. Um, understandably, you don't need to arrange the transport. So there will be some arguments where some occupational therapists, to a point and to a degree, they're the ones that are calling the ambulance. Then that is something that you should not be doing because that's just, you're not discharge planning, you're implementing the discharge process needed to be done. And there are people in the hospital that needed to do that. You don't need to call the ambulance personnel. But... If you're talking with a patient and the patient says that they have no means of transport and there's no family members that can do it or they have no money to pay for their own taxi, that is a concern, isn't it? That's community mobility. This is health maintenance. And then how do you do it? And then the only solution is to provide supportive intervention, meaning the institution will have to provide that support through the form of taxi or ambulance. And all you need to do as occupational therapist is to identify and highlight this. And you need to pass it on to the nurse coordinator. And then the nurse coordinator will pass it on to anybody in the ward because there are ward coordinators that can do this. And it is their job then to start arranging it. They'll make the phone calls, but you've identified it. You have picked it up. Yeah. Can the nurse do it? Of course they can. They can always do it. Yeah, and that saves you some time. But as an occupational therapist, if you are involved with a patient, then you have to just have an overview of what's happening as a whole. Just have a look as to what's happening with the patient. And that includes the everything, you know, including uh, how are they going to manage, how are they going to support, how are they, go how, how are they going to cope at home. Um, yeah, so that is discharge planning. If you don't want to do discharge planning, then you should be working in the community. 
because there will be no discharge planning in the community. They're already at home. That's the best place. But if you're in the community, the one problem that you'll have is hospital admission. So you're now hospital admission prevention planning. Yeah, that's what you need to do. So it changes, isn't it? Discharge planning doesn't happen in the context or or depending on the workplace. If you're in a hospital, if you are in a rehab unit, if you are in a temporary accommodation, like, for example, uh, uh, optimization beds, community assessment beds, for example, rehab units, um, what else? Uh, temporary nursing care facilities that temporarily holds patients before they they go home. And if you're working in that area, there will always be a section, there will always be a part where you would have to assist on discharging the person. And again, you're not planning the discharge. That's the process. What you're doing is you are identifying the safety concerns. And who else would know these things better than an occupational therapist? Because we are the ambassadors of our patients. We should see them. We should see them. We should know them. We should know the entire story. You know, the factors that will have an influence on the person's day-to-day coping. That's our job. That's your job. So don't go complaining about discharge planning because it's part of the job so what we need to do is we have to love what we do okay yes i acknowledge that it can be stressful it can be difficult it can be very very frustrating but it is the nature of the job okay and with those things you need to put in measures to protect yourselves from stress. If you're stressed, then, you know, find time to relax. Don't work too hard, but do not work at a level lower than what is expected as well. Just be professional, isn't it? So there are measures for annual leave where you can have a break. There are measures for you to relax and to take time, pace yourself, and do not take things personally because the discharge planning the section of ensuring that the patient is safe the part where we are ensuring that the person is safe at home is really complicated and it cannot be taught yeah it can be shown once or twice yeah but at the end of the day nothing is ever replicable it's not the same as a, a, a fracture where you have one line of, of treatment, for example, or somebody who's had an infection, you have a clear line of treatment. When it comes to safety and being a human being, being part of a community, being part of a family, the complexity is, is just... Uh, is, is very unique to every individual, okay? So there are some clinicians who would want to say, 
you know they've not been shown how to do it yes you can never ever be shown enough because there will always be cases that is not uh, that are different and it's always challenging and all you need to do is just make sure that you protect yourself make sure that you are not taking things personally have that professional barrier and professional boundaries where you don't make yourself vulnerable this is our duty you know that's the nature of professionalism it's a job don't need to be uh, it's hard i know and i acknowledge it really is hard uh, but if it is hard and you can't tolerate it then you'll have to review are you in the right place are you in the right position you know i did work i remembered working in a a a cancer um unit uh, good lots of years ago and uh as therapist i couldn't i couldn't get a person to be independent and all of the patients the majority of the patients that i'm working with are dying because it's a cancer cancer uh cancer ward and i just did not feel that there was a match between what i value as therapist and you know the the area so so i i've i've learned about that so it's an area that i don't like yeah so equally if you do not like discharge planning and if you're working in a hospital then think again okay so think where what your position is and where you really want to be or that's one way that's almost very terminal straight away that's that's ending the case straight away but what you can do is you know think of reframe your thoughts okay you're not discharge planning you're ensuring safety and another thing that can help is that perspective that the things that you do that everything you do will matter and will always have an outcome and that for everything that you do there is a corresponding Uh, remuneration yeah it's part of the job so everything that you do you know you get paid for it okay so there you go guys um discharge planning just love it or hate it but it will always be there right i hope you enjoyed this talk until next time If you enjoyed this podcast, talk to your friends and colleagues about it. Like it, subscribe, share, and do what you can to appease whatever algorithm that is at play. I am but your humble clinician, albeit with years of experience, I have very little understanding of this digital world. So if you have any questions or if you have topics that you want me to talk about, drop me an email. It's riot.conversations at gmail.com. Just remember, guys, anything you do matters and has an outcome. Until next time, bye.